Welcome to the Wild Feather. Today we have Nancy Deitch, who is the CEO and founder of Sarah Labs, which has a remarkable skincare line, and you should definitely check them out. Uh, you may have seen Nicole Kidman as their spokesperson, and they're having amazing success. So check out those products. But she is a serial entrepreneur. She has started many companies. She is a trailblazer when it comes to products and selling products and launching products. She has done products on TV and branding and so many different things throughout her career. She's also a philanthropist and she has a great story, a heart-wrenching story behind her philanthropy passion. And so join us to hear all about Nancy. She's a pure joy. I think you're going to love it. And she's awesome. She gives some great tips and valuable information to entrepreneurs as well. So let's talk to Nancy. I so appreciate you taking some time to join us today. I'm super excited because you are like a multi-entrepreneur founder, and I can't wait to dive into all your stories because I'm sure you have lots. Thanks so much, Brooke. I really appreciate it. And yes, I am a serial entrepreneur. It is my illness. (laughs) (laughs) It's like once it's in, if if it's in your blood, it's in your blood. You, You just can't, you can't get around it, right? Like that's the way I You know, what's really interesting is that, you know, I have, you know, I, I talk to people and they are like, you know, God, I wish I could be an entrepreneur. And they, and they aren't scrappy enough to be an entrepreneur because to be an entrepreneur, you have to be really scrappy. You've got to be able to know when to pivot, how to evolve, you know, how to make changes. And, and, and I find it, you know, I just think there's two types of people. There's either the corporate people and you do much better in that corporate structure environment. And then there's the entrepreneur who wants to be able to create that world around them of what their strategy is and what their goals are. Right. Exactly. For sure. And I think that entrepreneurs want to be, uh, they don't want to be limited, right? And they don't want to work within the confinements and the lines and the boxes that corporate America does and the structure, I guess I should say. I don't- well, I think part of the problem is that, you know, when you work in a company, you have your job is is carved out like you know like you like you said you're in that box right and when you're an entrepreneur you can be the you can be you can't be a master of everything cuz if you if you try to be everything to everybody you're nothing to anybody mm-hmm. but um but you but you get to experience the different parts of the business in a in a different way and as long as you have the right team around you that's the only way you can be successful. If you try to do it alone, you will never, ever be successful right. doing it alone. It's very true. It's very true. And then relying on everybody's strengths. I think that's key and delegating. Oh, and make sure make sure their strengths are not your strengths. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I see people hire people 
And, you know, I, I speak a lot to young female entrepreneurs and, and founders, and they and they hire people that are just like mini them. And no, you don't want a little mini use. You want people who are so good at what you can't do, right? And 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 so whether if you're a if you're not a detail person or you're not an analyst or you you know you don't you're not creative, hire the best people that you can find. And and I'll tell you that a lot of people will give up a nice size salary to be in an entrepreneurial, free, spirited, collaborative environment. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. They just need the opportunity, right? Start exactly. Start. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I don't even know where to begin with your background. <laughs> I was reading some articles um, about you starting at a, was it a modeling agency or a talent agency is where you started your career? Yes, you know it's really funny. I um I graduated college in 1912, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, long wait a minute, ago. long time ago, long time ago. <laughs> I tell everybody I started when I was two, and um and I and I you know in those days it was really and and it was it was in the it was in the 70s and and I was an English major, right? Because you know what else are you going to do back in 19 in the in the mid 70s, right? I was an English major, so. There wasn't, women didn't take business courses at all. And I went on my first interview, um, <laughs> which is actually a great story, um, to one of the pharma companies, which will go unnamed. And the guy that interviewed me, and I remember my mother took me to Lomans and bought me this gray and white pinstripe suit. And, and I was so excited and I was nervous. And, and nobody taught you how to interview in those days, right? There was no like protocol for interviews. Sure. And, and I didn't have a resume because I just graduated college. And I went in for my interview and the guy was bald, heavy set guy. He had an undershirt on. That's how men dressed in those days. And, and he's like sweating profusely with his buttons popping open. And, and he said to me, he says, so young lady, what's your goal? And I said, oh, to be in like, he said, what's your goal for the next year? I said, to be your boss. <laughs> Big mistake. <right? laughs> he says to me, he goes, well, what's your goal in five years? He looked at me like I was from another planet. And I said, to be the CEO of this company, what else? And this was a multi-million dollar company at the time. And it's now one of the big, you know, one of the big guys. And so he he looks at me and he says, well, I'll tell you what I think you'd be really good at. And I said, what? And he says, I think you should get your MRS degree. <laughs> and I was so naive. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I walked out, yes, I'm going to get my MRS degree. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't realize what a put down it was, yeah, you know, right. uh, and, and, and I did not learn my lesson the next couple of job interviews. So, um, and, and so, but it, it was really, it was really funny, you know, yeah. and, and today that person would have been fired and I would have been hired and been his boss. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was a different. It was a different time, and 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 people looked at you differently. And so I think that um, for me, so I so I, I went and and I found a job through a connection at running a you know being a salesperson at a modeling agency and you know getting jobs for the models and whatever. And they also had a school attached to it. And I was twenty two years old and and had no training at all in anything. And I realized I was a great salesperson. And so I, 
I actually, you know, became the manager, like, you know, at 22 years of age, the the youngest manager that they ever had, and was a, uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, and I was a, um, I was a judge on the in the Miss Pennsylvania pageant. Wow. I mean, because this was like one of the big players in Philadelphia at the time. That's and fun. I was, you know, I thought my stuff just didn't stink at all. I was like, you know, really in this great environment with all with a lot of women, even though there was a man who ran the company, but he was just so pro woman women. And and so I got really lucky that that was like my first real job. Now, I will tell you, I made $200 a week. I thought it was all the money in the world. Back I did that. That was probably really good. Yeah. Well, it was really good, you know? And uh, hey, I got to pay my rent, yes, you know, right? which, which right. is great. But, you know, but I really, so I really learned about like the self-improvement there was no such words as self-improvement in those days, but I really learned about self-improvement and how to do the best that you possibly can in that world of insecure people, right? And so when I, I moved to California right around 1978, and um, and I was just like, you know, like, I think it was like I had 18 months at that company, and I moved out to California and uh, with a boyfriend, and uh, started to work for a skincare company that was owned by Jack Lalane Health Spas, and Jack owned the company along with his his partner, and they uh, and what they did is they put the concessions in every one of their spas, and and you know and and we're you know and so that was like the first gym, you know. To, you know, like in the United States. So I got really lucky and again, made myself indispensable, became their national sales manager very quickly and really learned about skincare and learned about about beauty and 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 makeup and really loved that business. And so so as my career progressed, you don't realize why things happen the way they happen, right? Um, but I was very fortunate that my first two companies were very female focused. And um, and and I think that, you know, one of my pieces of advice to anybody is make sure wherever you go or learn from a mentor first before you start on your own, right? Always make sure you have a mentor because, you know, I didn't have a mentor in those days. I didn't have a mentor until I was 40 years old. That was my first time I had a mentor in business at all. So I, trust me, I failed a lot. Uh, (laughs) A lot. I don't call them failures. I call them uh, They're learning experience. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So what happens is that, you know, you talk about the journey, and there are some parts of the journey I'd like to take away. So <laughs> 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 unmentionable. Know what you know now, you right? Hadn't have gone through those. Oh, of tours, course, right? Of course. But I tell everybody the only way you can really fail is if you don't go down the road, right? To start with it, yeah. you know, like that's the only. You know, somebody says, "Oh." I never won the lottery. How many times have you bought a lottery ticket? Never. Okay, well, you're never going to win the lottery. Right. Exactly. Right, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So it's the same thing. And, and and being an entrepreneur is like winning the lottery, I think. And so you, you know, I, but women, women, I don't care what anybody says, still do not get the same respect as a man does. Um, if you go out to raise money, oh. if you go out to, <clears throat> if you go out and you're talking, you know, and I speak all over the country. And, um, and I have, I get a lot of respect because I'm so experienced, but before I had that resume, before I had that CV, I'm telling you people, I I used to hate it 
when I would go to New York to raise money and they would say, what does she look like? Really? They never said that about my general counsel I was with or my CFO I was with. Exactly. You know? That's crazy. Right. Crazy stuff that went on that you couldn't get away with today, right? And nobody would say those things today, except they do under their breaths. Right. Or behind the doors, right? Exactly. So I tell everybody that, you know, it doesn't hurt to look your best and be your best no matter what you do. You've got to be smarter. You've got to have more confidence as a woman. You have got to feel secure in your position and you've got to be able to, you know, to listen to what other people are saying instead of just talking. It was, it's a, it's a hard lesson to do. You don't know everything. So like I said before, make sure you listen and learn from everybody. So I was, so I was very fortunate that I had these experiences and I, and I worked at that company for a long time. And then I unfortunately had a tragedy in my family and my younger brother um, went camping in the Grand Tetons and he went to sleep one night and didn't wake up. And he was 20 years old. And so we didn't know what happened to him at all. This was back in 1979. And so we, so it destroyed my whole family. You know, we were all destroyed. And then two years later, my, um, my baby sister was walking across her dorm floor at University of Tampa and she, um, she had cardiac arrest. And in those days, nobody under nobody ever heard of arrhythmias or heard of anything like that. And so, um, so we didn't know what was happening. My sister actually ended up surviving, and uh, my you know, and she went into rehab and uh, for six years, and really learn had to relearn everything all over again. And we still didn't know what happened to my brother. Anyway, to make a very long story short. Um, we discovered in 1991, my sister had a baby. She got married, even though she was brain damaged. She got married, had a baby, and five months later went to sleep and didn't wake up again. And we found out that we had a lethal heart condition in our family called long QT syndrome. And it's the interval between the Q and the T wave of your heart. And it causes you to go into ventricular fibrillation if you have the gene. And uh, so it turns out that 24 members of my immediate family did have the gene on my mother's maternal side. So I went on a crusade with my mother and my husband. We funded it, my husband and I. And um, we actually, and this is where I got a lot of experience, where I did events every year and had major celebrities at those events. And where it's able to raise, you know, multi-millions of dollars to actually educate and um, and do research in sudden death in kids and young adults. And subsequently, we were able to fund enough that the biotech companies came along and were one of the few genes that the biotech companies own. And, um, and so because of that, my mother was responsible for getting defibrillators on airplanes in the United States. Wow. Um, we, she was actually responsible in the state of California for getting, um, you know, for getting, and what a great role model she was, you know, um, for getting an anti-discrimination genetic act passed. So if you were born with a genetic condition, you wouldn't be discriminated. It was before Obamacare. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, and then 32 states, you know, ended up, you know, passing that as well. And so talk about taking, you know, making lemonade out of lemons, right? You know, what a terrible situation to lose two children. 
and for me to lose, you know, my siblings, um, we're part of the, um, we're part of the uh, UC system, um, you know, recommended learning in uh, genetics. Uh, we're the second gene that they discovered and uh, after Huntington's in the human genome uh, project. And uh, we did, yeah, we did a lot. And, and again, I was fortunate that, you know, I lived in an, in an area where, you know, I was carpooling with celebrity kids and, you know, and, and so we got a lot of support from the community and, uh, and we were able to do, you know, major events, but it was, so I, I actually gave up my business to, you know, to actually do that and to really focus on something that would be giving back. And, and, and what that does is it, Really, when you see other parents and you see other people that lose their children and there's something they can do, um, you feel like you've really accomplished something when you can make a difference in people's lives. So I've always taken that with me in, in my business career. Like, what can I do to make it better especially for the females, I have a tendency to really want to mentor and love these, you know, young girls that really are interested in how do I get them out of their box, you know, or, or their psyche. Right. So, um, cause so that really, that really changed my entire life right there. Yeah. And that is a um, life changer. All of those events are life changing. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So your mom too. Yeah, well, she 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 was amazing. She was an amazing human being, and man, she had the strength of of Zeus, right? Like, like I, I mean, I don't know how she did it. How she woke up every day, and in fact, both my brother and sister passed away in July, and when she had cancer, she she said, "She goes, I've had enough of you for the last thirty years. I'm going to go be with your brother and sister in July." And she died in July. Really. <laughs> Yes, she did. She like willed herself to die in this, like the same month as my siblings, and uh, and I, I I laughed I laugh about it because she she just was ready to be with them, yeah. you know, from you know yeah. in in her in her own way, right? And uh, so she was, uh, but she she was an amazing was human being. The, was it? Our three were there only three children? Oh wow. Yeah, just the three of us. Yeah. But my brother and sister were athletes. I was the bad girl. And uh so <laughs> I was a little I was a little wild. And um and I and I think that the I thought the athletics had something to do with their heart getting, yeah. you know, the arrhythmias really, you know having an impact on their health. And so my brother was captain of the lacrosse team at University of Connecticut. Um, and uh, my sister was, like I said, on the water ski team there. Yeah. So at University of Tampa. So yeah, so it was a it was a really hard road. And then, but for me, working was my outlet. It was my reason to be. So I, you know, so I had started a, a, a company, a business, and I started the first female national distribution company for products, consumer products. Oh, yeah. I always loved consumer products. And then I, you know, and I, and I sold that company to, um, to my business partner after I had my, after my son was like two and a half years old, right after my sister died. And so, and I really felt bad that I wasn't taking really good care of him. And we had older daughters as well, but they didn't need me as much because they were teenagers. And, you know, what's a mother? Mother doesn't do any good to teenagers, right? <laughs> I've got one of those right now. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So you know, like 13 or 14 13. years old. Just oh, yeah. Nice and, oh, my goodness. I I know nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you, well, you know the old Mark Twain statement. He said, uh, he said, 
You know, it's unbelievable how much knowledge my parents gained from between the time I was 19 and 25. They got so smart. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true because, uh, I don't know, it was like an instant button when <laughs> she turned 13. All of a sudden, like, exactly. Oh, it's really funny. Where did this but what was, come from? But what's interesting is like my husband said to me, um, you know, at some point after I was doing the charity for a few years, he said, honey, why don't you go back to work? This charity's costing me a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe if you went back to work, I think you're bored. And, you know, and I think that you you really need to go back to work. <laughs> and you could take your salary and you can give it to the charity, right? So so I did. I, I went and, 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 and I loved what I did. I, one of the things that I did before was because I sold consumer products, and that's my, my sweet spot, um, I loved the advertising side of it. You know, I always thought the advertising side was just like amazing. Yeah. And so I, um, so I, I went and, and I, ca I can't believe that this happened through a friend of mine got a job as a sales manager for an infomercial company back in like 1994. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and I was just like, that I was like blown away. Like the first project that they had was the was the abflex you know and i was just like oh my god and they gave me you know and they gave me you know the he the retail sales because i had all that experience in selling retail my consumer products in retail and so what was interesting is i loved the whole you know you know field of dreams if you build it they will come yeah. right and so I love the idea that I could we could put this particular product on television at that time. Now it's digital, and and people were going to buy it. Like how'd that happen? You know. And I learned about marketing, and I learned about calls to action, and I and and the first product that I actually had full control of was a um, from you know just from a sales perspective was the ab rollers, and I sold three hundred and thirty four million dollars in my first year. <laughs> <laughs> with that product. And I was just like, I was never home. So my poor kid, who was my younger one, who was like, yeah, my mom, you know, here's my mom. She, she's at Walmart all the time. <laughs> 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 Bill, Arkansas, you know, and <clears throat> And so it was, it was really great. I learned about supply chain. I learned right on the job. I learned about supply and demand. I learned about, you know, how important it was to, you know, to, you know, really have plan B and plan C in place to make sure like we could never get enough product, you know, to actually ship. And and just a, a cute little story. You got to think on your feet all the time, especially as a female going through your journey. And I was sitting with the Costco buyer, and and, and they had called me up, and so I went there. And in those days, you know, my rep had a had a camera, like a video camera, like under his jacket, because he says, "I want to see how she gets through this." And they said, "We want to give you a ten million dollar purchase order, but you have to ship it in six weeks. Can you do it?" And I looked at them and I said, "Absolutely." I said, absolutely. I had no clue whether we could do it or not, you know. But I, I was thinking we just had opened up manufacturing in Canada. And I said, can I ship to your distribution centers as the trucks are ready? You know, can I do that? And so always coming up with a solution is really critical for your success. And she, and she went and talked to her boss. She says, yes. And so I said, great. So I called my boss at the time, who's still a very dear friend and somebody I respect and one of my mentors, one of my two mentors in business. And I said, Peter, I have good news and I have bad news. He says, give me the bad news. We have to ship in six weeks. 
what's the good news? The order's $10 million. He goes, that's both bad news. <laughs> so I said, no, I think I have a solution, you know, and we actually made it and did it and, okay. you know, and, and got paid. So, so it's just an example of like making sure you're, you, you think on your feet and, yeah. Yeah, and figure out what the different strategies are. If you don't have a strategy, it doesn't matter what your tactics are, yeah, you know, right, always right. have the big picture in mind. So I went from that and I started my own business. I left there and started my own business and, and built it to a couple hundred million dollars now, and a year. Which business was and this? That was my that was my uh, vertical branding business uh, okay. that I did, okay. yep. and um, and got very lucky. I had a great partner; he was amazing, and um, we we did really well. And then I um, and then two thousand eight, two thousand nine happened. <laughs> we got to sell the assets of the company, and uh, I was that's when my mother was dying. So I just really wasn't, you know, my my head was, my head wasn't in the game, and. I always tell everybody, don't forget about your family and your personal time. I find that a lot of the millennials and the um, Zs are better at it than my generation was. Um, but remember, you can actually multitask. Women are so good at multitasking, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can be, I just had this conversation be, with a friend today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can be moms, we could be working, we can have we have our careers, we can cook dinner, we can do everything. We're a man, man, you give them one thing to do, and that's all they can do. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. We were talking about how you, you're fixing breakfast, talking, executing this, executing this, everything all at once, right? Like you and she, my friend was talking about how her man is like you he has to stop if you ask him a question or to do something. It's like, stop. He can't do all that, right? It's either thing. Oh, 100%, 100%. You know, it's like so funny. I say to my husband, and we, I've been married for 39 years, right? And, and I say to my husband, do you not know how to put the dishes in the dishwasher? Why do they have to go in the sink? <laughs> he says, so now he just says, so honey, so you could have the opportunity to put the, <laughs> the dishwasher. And by the way, that's another great tip. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, have a great partner. Yeah, It's really important it's you have a supportive super partner. Important, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so you've got to have somebody who is going to support you and your crazy hours and crazy decision makings and be a good sounding board for you. You know, everybody needs that sounding board. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and someone that understands it, right? Like, because uh, it's crazy. Oh, it really is. And they don't get it never, if they're not an they entrepreneur. Don't. It's impossible for people to understand. It's one of my, it's one of the reasons why I started the wild feather because I was so busy doing a startup. I had another company. I was single mom at the time. Like life was just bonkers. Right. And my friends and family were supportive, but they really didn't understand or get it. Right. And so I think being an entrepreneur in the beginning, it can be a very lonely road when you're doing all hunkering down and doing all the work yourself until you're able to hire. Right. So that's when I discovered this forum, the support system. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing well feather, just to like, help people like they're not you're not alone right oh, exactly and and you know what it's really important that like like you said that you know everything going on you're not going to be good at everything that's happening in your company like you're not the person that's probably the tech person as well as the no. you know the hostess right <laughs> <laughs> no, can you turn on the tv bro can you turn it on <laughs> i am not that is not my strength <laughs> 
<laughs> right. I, I know that feeling. But, you know, it's it's interesting. So my, my husband, who's a CPA, but he was also pretty entrepreneurial as well. So it was interesting that our youngest child are, actually um, became an entrepreneur as well and is the CEO of his own company. And I'm watching him grow because he comes from corporate America in the finance world. And and it's so interesting to see how he's adapted to that. And you re- don't realize that all the things you've done, you teach your children as well. And they and they're actually learning yeah. about it. Yeah. And and they learn from you. So that to me is one of the greatest rewards, you know. I think that's super that. cool. That's super cool. Okay. So from yeah. vertical branding, then you went on to start eyes wide open. Is that well, you know, eyes wide open was more of a um was more of a um, consulting type oh, okay. of firm okay. where, you know, so I, I I wasn't sure what to do after we sold that company, you know, after we sold the assets of that company. And so I started Eyes Wide Open and, and did, a, you know, and, and really still stayed in the television business and that marketing TV business. And so I created different commercials and I, and I, and I, and I actually sold them or licensed them to other, my, actually to Peter, my, my, one of my mentors you know, and actually, and they're still running some of my stuff. I still get like, I still get royalties on it. And, um, and so I just wasn't sure. And then in 2014, I decided that, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I've got to like, you know, I still had the, some of the same people working for me the whole time I paid them the entire time, even when I wasn't working. Um, and uh, and so I kept them on staff, and they still work for me today. Really? Um, loyalty, What's yeah, the they're so. Person you have on staff? Well, the longest person that's worked for me, Robert, I he started working for me in 1995 that's or 96. And Marianne came to work for me in 1999, I think it was. Yeah, 1999, and she's still they're still working for me. That's you know, incredible. We're like siblings, you know. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> and and you know, for me, having people that are good for longevity is really great because you can count on them. Um, but you know, the old Jack Welsh had an old saying, and he was a brilliant manager, and that is hire slow, fire fast. And when somebody's not good, get rid of them because they can be poisonous yeah. and, and a cancer sure. to your to your operation. So, so I did that. And and then one day, a really smart guy comes into my office who, his name is Rick Petrie, who works for me now too. <laughs> and uh, he, um, and he's, he's our creative director. And he said, why are you doing agency work? You hate clients. It's just not what you want to do. You love having your own products. And I had just created some of the Sarah Labs products, you know, and he says, why don't you do that full time? You love having control. You're a control freak, you know, let's be clear. And and honestly, having, you know, I was trying to do something different, you know, so I figure, oh, clients is great. I'm consulting and, you know, this is really wonderful, but I really hated it because nobody listened to you. Right. And I was like, I wonder why they're paying me all this money. And I've had all this success and they're not listening to me, you know, uh, I yeah. mean, come on. Right. So I, um, you know, and, and some of the best stories I can give them are things that I did wrong, you right. know, hiring the wrong people and, and, you know, and trusting the wrong vendors and, and 
Trust me, I lost a ton of money by trusting the wrong vendors at different times in life, you know. Did and you feel, did you, so for those types of vendors, did you have red flags at the beginning and you just chose to ignore them? Like, I feel like we all know our gut tells us mm, something's off here, right? Yeah. Or did I, you find was, out later? Were you blindsided? You know, I I was never blindsided, but I was blindsided by the amount. Uh that it happened. So I had one guy that was our fulfillment center. And they also had a call center in there. And and we had a few very big projects happening at the same time. So we, you know, which is how we got so successful so fast. And I and and so my I had an analyst there who was a very smart girl. And Jessica came to me one day and she said, Nancy, did you see how big the save the sale invoices are? They're like we're at like $342,000. I'll never forget this. And so I said, you know, Jess, why don't you just pick 10 names out of a hat and call those people and see why they called, like why they had to save the sale on this product, which was the Bun and Thymax, which was a major product, you know? And so she comes back to me. She said, she said, well, the CDs weren't in the boxes. And I said, but that's not a save the sale. If they forgot to put them in the boxes, that's not a save the sale. So I called the owner and and he tried to deny it. And I said, I'll tell you what, you call 100 people and let's see what happens. So anyway, to make a long story short, he ended up owing us $342,000 and he paid it. He paid it off. So he, he did. He ended up paying it off. But what happened was a few years later, when we were sitting at, you know, a couple hundred million dollars a year in revenue and... One day, and I'm I'm a very good analyst, you know, it's like, know what your strengths are. You know, don't ask me to draw a picture. Don't ask me to write the copy, but I'm a really good an analyst and, and, and a great salesperson. Those are my two really big strengths. And I said, and I looked at the, at the numbers, at the, you know, the analytics, and I said, guys, something is wrong. And, and, and we, you know, and I had like a hundred people working for us at the time. And I, something's wrong with these numbers. And and I said to my chief operating officer, why don't you give a call over to, you know, this person and um, and find out, like, what the hell's going on? He said, oh, something's wrong with their data. They're fixing it. It'll be fixed in a, in a couple weeks. A couple weeks goes by, and the numbers are getting way out of control. Anyway, to make a long story short, turns out he was stealing all of our deposits, all of our shipping deposits. And they were going to a consolidator, and the consolidator wasn't getting the money. And it turns out he ended up stealing like a million dollars from us. And I looked at I looked at my chief operating officer, and I said, as the CEO and founder, I should not be the one finding this information out. I said, I want you to get on a plane and fly to Tennessee and see him. The next morning, they they said to he says oh no I'll go in a couple of days I said no by then it'll be too late and the guy ended up killing himself so you know he ended up killing himself yeah because he couldn't because he was he was kiting not just for me but from a bunch of other yeah. people too you yeah. know so um yeah so we 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 ended up where we didn't get very much of it back but uh, my instincts were for weeks before and I didn't take the action I should have I should have gotten on that plane. And I should have gone down there to see him. So yeah, I think that when you're when you when you're when your stomach is grumbling and it's telling you something's wrong and things don't add up, that's why it's really important for you to know your business really well. 
and always be double checking on the numbers. So I would never allow that to happen again, you know? For sure. And, um, and so th- and then I started piecemealing things together, you know, meaning that I wouldn't use one vendor for too many aspects right. of it. I, I would use a different call center and a different fulfillment center yeah. and I different credit card processing. That's so crazy. What do you it do was with all the money? He, he used it to uh, pay for his, um, for his overhead because he was losing money. And he had an AG, and, and we didn't know he had an AG um, attorney general's, um, you know, l- lawsuit. He was uh-huh. he was coming from this from the, you know from customers too. So the um, we got very lucky and were able to ship everything out, and we had the money so we could pay it to the consolidator. So we were okay. But wow, it was a scary time in business for me. So I was very happy when we saw. Yeah company. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and I didn't have to worry about that. But we're, you know, but we're going through, you know, we're going through growing pains ourselves now, yeah. right? How big are you? you know? So you're the, uh, you've got Sarah Labs, which has several different lines of skincare right now, right? And I- We s- have two lines two of skincare, lines. but only one is going forward. Oh, okay. Which one is that? Serotopical Revolution. Okay. And then I saw and that's what our, our DNA complex falls under that too. Okay. Yeah. That is that the one that Nicole Kidman uses? Yes. Mm-hmm. She uses all our product. Yeah. And then you have these they're very intriguing to me. Oh, the Nutristrips. Yeah. 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 So here's here's what happened. This is actually really interesting. So I started Sarah Labs in 2018. And and I and my goal was that within two years, I'm going to sell the company, right? That was my goal. So um, within a year, I had to go raise some money, right? Because I, I put in a ton of money and I was like, time for me to go raise money to go to retail. And we were doing CBD. Talk about pivoting, right? So we're doing CBD. So 2019, I, I pivot and I go, huh, CBD is not what everybody thinks it is. It's not, all, it's not a whole industry. It's just an ingredient you put in products. Right. So. Let me figure what I can do. So it took me a while, and and I went out to go raise money, and and I got a couple million dollars, but I needed more to you know really ramp this up to where I wanted it to. But you couldn't advertise CBD, and what am I? I'm a marketing and advertising person. I love ROI, D to C business, right? So, so I um I went and uh, and I I met a guy named Rob Davidson, who's a brilliant scientist. And Rob's, he's fantastic. And Rob was the creator of Zycam. He created Pedialyte. He created chloroseptic strips. He's just, he's a really great scientist. And so he was the CEO of a pharmaceutical company, a small pharmaceutical company called Cure Pharmaceuticals. And we had a number of conversations. And what I loved is that he is an expert in delivery systems and making delivery systems for both topical and ingestibles. And what I loved that he was doing is that he had science to back it up, right? He had clinicals and science to back it up. And he had a team of formulators working for him. And and Rob ended up buying my company for $20 million in October of 2020, a little, a little more than two years, two years and two months later. Uh-huh. And and so, so, but I came to work for the company 
as the CEO of Sarah Labs. And um, within a very short period of time, the board, and I was on the board too, decided that uh, that we should sell the pharmaceutical side of the business and Sarah Labs should be the winner in you know leading the company. So that happened last year. We did that. And um, and so here we are. We're Sarah Labs, and um, we have wellness products, and we have um, – and we have beauty products. What we really are is a broad platform technology company that takes these technologies and delivery systems and integrates them into our product for better bioavailability. If it's an ingestible, like our Nutristrips, they bypass your gut and liver. Mm. So you get superior potency. It act it instantly activates on your tongue. Um, they're really fabulous products. Uh, we sell sleep ASAP. We sell um, our energy product, which is really fabulous. Um, we have a vitamin D3, which there are tons of clinical studies on, uh, especially with cancer patients for kids to get their immunity, immune, their D3, their immune D3. And we have a recovery product too. And um, and then and then Rob started creating delivery systems for our skincare products. And 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 I loved everything that he was creating because it was the first time you had a plant-based product that actually you could deliver those ingredients into the lower dermal layers of your skin and actually get it to work from the inside out. So we, you know, Nicole worked with us on the names and some of the great ideas that we had. And, and we really... Um, I think did a great job with Ceratopical Revolution. But then Rob said, you know what, I, I got a formula that I'm working on. And it took us a long time to get this right, it took 60 iterations to get it right. Uh. And uh, on the DNA complex. And, and when I named it DNA complex, he says, well, I'm a little concerned people are going to think it's DNA as opposed to deep nanoactives, which is what it stands for. And I said, I sure hope so. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I sure hope so. But the product works. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. You put it on around your eyes or wherever you've got, you know, lines, and um, you'll see an almost, and you have to put it on right after you wash your face. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And you put it on, and you'll see if you just use a little tiny bit, your lines will actually dissipate almost immediately. We have people that are buying it every day. They're buying so much of it, you can't believe it. And um, then we, uh, so that's our hero product, mm -hmm. but we are doing so great with our eye serum, which we call adoring and our dark spot remover and um, that we call gleaming. And one of the things that's great is that we're doing fantastic on Amazon and we're doing fantastic at Walmart, and that's really, but D to C is really our our bread and butter, and and subscription based. You know, oh, yeah. getting people to love the product so much that they want to go on subscription. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, plus it, I mean, there's good, there's pros and cons to subscriptions, but it's nice whenever you don't have to wait to like order. You get down to the very last bit, and you're like, oh man, and then it takes like days to get in. Right. Well, that's the problem with cosmetic packaging too, because there's nothing that you can see through. So we give people an option. They can buy one or they can buy others. So it's up to people to decide what they want. What we find is that after somebody's bought something two or three times, that's when they like to go on the subscription. Yeah. So right, right. It, which is which is better once you know. It's like it's like my dog food, you know, like I know my dog, I know Chewy. 
<laughs> yes. And it gets delivered right to your door. That is the most amazing exactly. service ever. But the point is that we did 60 iterations with that product before we approved it. So please be patient. You know, you don't have to have everything perfect, but you gotta have what you're selling is perfect. Not how you sell it is not doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, right. So where did you start selling this first? Like what was your first? Well, it was interesting. We we did a pre-sale because we had the um, the Oscars were coming up uh, in okay. March, and so we quickly put together. We didn't even have a single item here. We had nothing. It was in manufacturing. And so we um, we did a um, we 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 did a, a, a thing with our PR firm and Nicole at the Oscars and with her makeup artist and her makeup artist you know was holding the DNA complex and put it on Nicole and and then some of the press put you know did some great in style did a great article on us and uh, and then two days later we did a skim and I don't know if your audience knows what the skim is, but it's the largest female newsletter, the lifestyle newsletter in the country. Mm -hmm. They have over 7 million subscribers. And two days later, between the two of those together, the press and that, wow, we we actually we actually sold like $35,000 worth of product and didn't have any. We weren't going to even have it for like six weeks, you know? I love and we these knew stories. We I love these stories. Oh my God, I know. You know, it was like crazy. But we we called it a pre-sale. We were really honest with people. And every week we sent everybody an email and then we sent people a free gift. You know what I mean? So they can have it. So then May 1st, so we got the products April 24th. We were so excited. So May 1st was the Met. And so we um, so we actually had Nick's makeup artist and Nick looked gorgeous at the Met this year. And so, and she was with Keith and they just looked phenomenal. And so InStyle picked up on it and they wrote a clickbait. We couldn't have paid anybody to do. We had no idea they were doing it. And Glamour picked it up and people picked it up and every magazine picked it up. And it was about, look at Nicole Kidman's flawless skin with her new facelift in a bottle. <laughs> and, and I swear to God, like we didn't, nobody put that in the press information. There was not even anywhere. Like they just like... I, I, I tried to get a hold of this girl to say, can I hire you <laughs> yeah. right for me? And what happened was, and then it just so happened, we had another skim two days later, and we sold over $204,000 worth of the product immediately. Wow. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Miraculous. Yeah. And so we had two viral moments and that now we're, we sell it every single day and we have, right. you know, we have a lot of assets that we've created yeah, for it. That's so awesome. And it's li and it's lifted everything else in the lineup, which is what the that was our strategy to start with. So remember, always have your main goal and then have your I call them I call them strategies A, B, and C, right? right. You know, you gotta yeah. have your yeah. you know your strategies. And so we just want to be a world leader in wellness and beauty. Nothing, nothing else. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, that's, nothing that's to, easy. you know, yeah, no reach, <laughs> no reach, but, you know, but so our goal is to continue to create these scientific breakthroughs in products. And if we come out with one a year, we'll be so happy. That's really what we want to do. That's great. I love though that I think uh, it's fantastic to start with one or two products that you can promote instead of promoting the whole shebang or feeling like you have to make the whole shebang, create the whole shebang, like all of these products. It, that way you I think it, can have room to grow, yeah. you know? 
I think it depends on how much money you have in the bank. And I think it depends on what your distribution is. You know, when we first started, we created five beauty products. And the reason we did is because we knew we were going to sell to CVS and, and sell to Bed Bath & Beyond at the time and, and UNFI and a number of places. Um, and so, so, and, and they were CBD skincare lines, right? So that's what it was. And so we did, so that's why we came out with five because you couldn't be in a store with just one or two SKUs. Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't work. Yeah. But I would suggest to people that you can, you, you can have more than two items. Now, if you're talking about, are you going to have a personal care tool? Are you selling a car? What are you mm -hmm. selling? Right. right. It all right. depends. Right. Like my son's in fintech, right? So he has an app and he's giving free cash away to people, right? Who don't have a high credit ratings, right? So he's got one product to sell, right? Cash to people. It's a lot easier to sell free cash, right? Um, but when you're, but we're in a very competitive, cluttered, fragmented industry. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and so both the wellness and the beauty, they're huge industries. Uh, 1.5 trillion is the global wellness industry. Uh, $346 billion is the US beauty industry numbers a year. So we're really happy that we are becoming a leading brand and that we are, because um, we're making good quality products at affordable prices. And that's the other thing. Know who your customer is always. And, and if you know who your customer is, you can then price it accordingly. Know who your demographic is so that you know who to target. Otherwise, you're going to waste a lot of money on advertising to people because today advertising is so tech heavy. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable what you have to go through to get it right. And, and it does take a lot of money and a lot of resources to do it the right way. Uh. But, but that's why it's important that you have the right amount of funding, unless you get lucky and have a viral moment where people actually find your product mm -hmm. and they have a need for it. Yeah. I also tell people, create something that other people haven't done, but do it in an industry where you have a huge customer base. Make sure yeah, that whatever you sure. do, I, I made a huge mistake once and, and, and spent $400,000 on an infomercial way back in the day. Um, on a called Believe You Can Achieve, and it was how to get into college. Guess what? There was only 2 million people applying to college each year. Not one person picked up the phone and called us. <laughs> Nobody cared. <laughs> wow. You know? Interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but, you know, but here you have, you know, like 150 million women in this country that all want to do something to make themselves feel better. Absolutely. about themselves. Absolutely. Well, and it's in your in our face all the time, right? So Right. And don't and don't be obnoxious about it and say, "I'm going to I'm going to own this whole space." No, you're not going to get 356 billion dollars in sales your first year. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yes. Have yes. a plan and a flow and make sure you hit your goals. They have to be small goals, but you got to have the big goal in order to hit the small goals. Your stretch goals. In your dream goals, yes, absolutely. So like it's like getting into college. You got your stretch colleges and you've got your safety right, schools, right? Right. Exactly. So now what's next for you? I mean, you're running this company and you're sounds like things are going fan phenomenal and yes. you're doing well. Do you have any um inklings for any new adventures? <gasps> I can't talk about it. <laughs> 
I can't talk about it. But uh, yes, um, you know, I, I'm just that person that will never not work. Uh-huh. And uh, and and it's really funny. Somebody, people, I was at my high school reunion in uh, last year, last October. And I said, oh, what do you do? Retired. What do you do? Retired. What do you do? Oh, I just took on this new job to be the CEO of a, a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what are you thinking, woman, right? So um, yeah, I, um, I have some really, um, we've got some really good plans. I think that the company is, is going to grow beyond what, uh, you know, I think beyond what I ever envisioned yeah. it would. So yeah, that's exciting. I didn't expect that's to be exciting. here this long, but yeah, that's exciting. But what else am I going to do? I'm not going to have lunch with the girls, right? That's just not my thing, right? And you're Maybe not. I'll come do podcasts. I'll do podcasts with you. <laughs> I love it. Come and join me. <laughs> uh, well, awesome. I think that's super exciting what you're doing. And uh, I can't wait to try the product for sure. Yeah. And just send me your, get me your address and I'll send, I'll send you. Okay. I'll send it Perfect. to you. And I'm excited to follow your career. I think this is going to be super fun to see what you come up with next. Um, but I Thanks. really appreciate you taking some time and sharing all of these great entrepreneur tidbits with us. Uh, very, very helpful. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best. But how can we help you? How can we help you succeed? So basically what I wanted to do is to let everybody know that if you would like, there's a coupon code that I can give you. Okay. Of course, my team's going to kill me. Um, They're going to kill me. Uh, Thank you, 20. And anybody that listens, um, they can put that in and they'll get a 20% discount. Awesome. We will definitely share the news and keep us posted. And Sarah Labs Health, S-E-R-A Labs Health.com. We're going to include all of that in our notes and um, below. But also, if you come up with new products or if there's anything that you need us to spread the news. Keep us posted. Keep me posted. I'm happy to help. Yeah. I think that for me, the best part of our products is that they're so affordable. Number one, they're plant-based or natural. The DNA complex is not plant-based, but it's hundred percent natural. Um, the science behind it really gets the product to work. So that's exciting. The results are just beyond belief. And, um, and I think that, you know, every single product that we have, um, from our from our moisturizer, which is called our freedom, to our adoring, to our gleaming, no matter what the product is. Oh, and one of my favorites is our toner, Harmony. It has a beautiful, crisp, vanilla shimmer smell to it. It's so fabulous. Yeah. And um, and I, I love it. I use, I've been using toners for years, and so it just sets everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Please keep in touch. I would love to keep. I will. And thank you so much. You are so lovely. (laughs) You are too. You're fun. (laughs) Much appreciated, bro. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, You can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. 
And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. Thank you.